Welcome, guys, to the best division in football, the AFC North, but not only the best division, the best sports talk about the division, the AFC North Sports Talk channel. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. I'm joined by my several hosts, uh, Tony Serino, representing the Steelers. Tony, what's going on? How's it going? I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about a great matchup this weekend. My man, Sonny, representing the Ravens, SZG Sports. Sonny, what's going on? Hey, man, it's going to be a matchup for us, you know. It is what it is. I'm actually excited to talk about the marquee matchup of this division. So, can't wait to get to that. Likewise, likewise. And, of course, my man, Quincy Carrier. Quincy, how you doing tonight, man? Yeah, man, a lot of big games this weekend coming up. You got Bengals, Colts. You got Ravens, Philly. Uh, you know, the Browns, I don't know who they play this week. Uh, but, you know, it's just going to be an interesting mix of games. Uh, you know, I'm just interested to have a peaceful well, uh, light, light-hearted conversation with everybody uh, here in the chat and in the video. So, first of all, shout out to my man, the Trib One, uh, with the with the uh, donation there for us. We appreciate that. Setting the tone. Please know that super chat is now available. So, if there's any questions that you guys want answered, if you want some kind of shout out from the crew, definitely be sure to leave a super chat in the comments. So, let's kick it off. We're not going to go to our marquee matchup. We're going to save that for the end. But we want to start with the Ravens and the Eagles. And I'm going to start with with Tony on this one. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's an interesting one because you know the Eagles come off a game obviously against my Steelers where they had a lot of success, a lot more, a lot more success offensively than I think anyone would have predicted going into the game. Uh, the you know Carson Wentz was so efficient on third down, ten straight third down conversions for that Eagles team, and Travis Fulgham, right? Is Travis Fulgham just another guy? Because he looked like he might be a you know a, a good young receiver in the NFL right now with some of the throws or some of the catches he was making last week. I think the difference in this game though is going to be that you know regardless of how good Travis Fulgham is or how efficient Carson Wentz is. The Steelers secondary not playing well right now. Right? We saw we saw Deshaun Watson have success against it. We saw even Jeff Driscoll have success against it. Right. The strength of this Ravens defense right now is that secondary. And so the idea that Carson Wentz is going to a have the kind of time and not that he had a ton of time against Steelers. Steelers had five sacks. They had a ton of pressure, um, but he was able to find holes in that secondary. I just don't see that happening. Now you know you go back to the you, you go to uh, the Ravens side of the ball and, and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you got to talk about his health, right? How healthy is he? He seems like he's practicing this week. He should be fine. Um, he didn't look like himself. And, and they talked about it after the game. Harbaugh talked about how the, the Bengals gave them some different looks that they didn't expect going in. I think the, the Eagles pr- represent one interesting test for them, which is that they can rush up the middle. If Fletcher Cox is healthy, they can rush up the middle. That has been an Achilles heel a little. If there is an Achilles heel of this Ravens team right now, that could be it. And if they can get to Lamar up the middle, they can slow down. Uh, the Ravens rushing attack and put this hand in the put this in the in the hands of Lamar Jackson. Maybe they can have some success that way. But I just don't see them having the kind of success that they had against the Steeler defense. And so I think the Ravens win this one. Probably win it pretty easily. Yeah, definitely. So I'm gonna shift it to my man Quincy. It looks like we also have another super chat from my man Colt Linder. He says, "Love you, Q. Go Browns." But with that being said, how do you see this Ravens Eagles game playing out, Q? Thank you for that super chat, Colt. Um, yeah, with this Eagles, <laughs> this Eagles Ravens game. Yeah, what, what, what do we think is going to happen here? Uh, they're going to dominate, like right. The Ravens are really good. You know, I know the Ravens have some issues. I know people in Baltimore are kind of getting anxious about Lamar's seemingly inability to consistently move the ball throughout the air um, and the lack of commitment to the run game. But let's be honest. There's only like six teams in the AFC that can take advantage of that. And this ain't playoff time yet. So, yeah, you're going to roll through a team like Philly because Philly can't do nothing really to stop that. You know, even if they do, Carson Wentz probably going to revert back to the Carson Wentz he's been all season and start turning the ball over. Um, You know, the Ravens are really aggressive there. So, yeah, I would expect Baltimore to win here and probably win by multiple scores. I don't know what the spread is, but they should cover plus. No, I think like what Quincy said, I definitely see it being the same way, especially after going through that Baltimore defense. We got pretty much depleted by it uh, going against them last week. And I I see this as a game where if Carson Wentz, that pressure gets to him, I can see them forcing some fumbles on uh, Carson Wentz if he's able to get caught by that 
Baltimore pass rush for sure. And I think that this is going to be a game that gets out of hand. Yes, Lamar Jackson isn't playing his best ball, but it's still Lamar Jackson. He's still going to be able to make plays against this Eagles defense. And I think ultimately, like we learned last week and throughout this whole season, Baltimore Ravens are just a great football team. So I think that they keep it rolling. We all know that the Eagles aren't. There's a lot of issues going on there, whether it's the Carson Wentz situation, whether it's coaching, whether it's injuries. They just haven't really been good and have – not just really been a good team this season. So Baltimore, I think, rolls on this one. And with that, I'm going to toss it to my man, Sonny, with his prediction for this Ravens-Eagles game. Yeah, the thing with this game is I think there's some success for to be had for the Eagles on the defensive side against the Ravens' offensive side. I think you guys alluded to this. Last week, the right guard missed it. The rookie right guard missed the, uh, the game. And actually, the, the O-line looked better, especially that middle O-line. As you were saying... Middle O-line has been a soft spot for us. The tackles for us have been fairly good. But that middle and the Eagles D-line is their strong suit. They have invested a lot of money in that D-line. So the question for them to, to for them to have uh, some sort of a chance, in my opinion, that D-line has to come to play, has to come to be pressured Lamar through that middle. Even that, that still has, um, I think the Ravens, where they're going to win this game is on the other side. I think the defense for the Ravens are going to dominate this game because one thing the Eagles have, similar to the Bengals, is a weak O-line. Now, second thing is Carson Wentz also likes to get a little reckless with the ball. And the Ravens are very streaky and very turnover heavy. That defense will make force fumbles, get interceptions. Not only that, they take it to the house or they just gain a lot of yards. So even if Lamar's still off his game and they're producing pressure, that leans to, look, Lamar playing again, I said one of the worst games that I've seen for him since his rookie year, even against the Bengals playing good defense. Our defense was so dominant that that kept short field. The defense produced turnovers that led to a touchdown to led to just you know, like I said, short field. And that at that point, it's easier instead of going 80 yards when you had to go 40 yards. It, you know, even if he, he wasn't rolling, he had just two drives that produced touchdown, the other two field goals, ball game, right? And I can see something very similar in this game. I can see Carson Wentz throwing one or two picks, we forcing one or two fumbles. The Ravens love to blitz. Carson Wentz loves to hold the ball. All that leans to turnovers. Like I said, I think on the defensive side for the Eagles, they can have somewhat success if they can pressure Lamar to the middle. But even with that, unless they come with a different game plan and they can stay turnover free, I see a blowout. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely with you, especially like you said with Carson Wentz and the Ravens just loving to force fumbles. Obviously, they forced two against the Bengals, maybe even three, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And that's if I'm not mistaken, that's 10 on the season for the Ravens. Um, shout out to the Trib again, man. Thank you for uh, that super chat right there. He says that he wants to see us draft six interior offensive linemen next draft. I'm pretty sure that they has to be a Bengals fan. Has to be a Bengals fan. But um, with that said, let's shift uh, to the other game that we have, and it's going to be my Cincinnati Bengals against the Indianapolis Colts. I'll kick this one off. I think that this is going to be a game where Joe Burrow really has to bounce back in this game especially after that showing with only scoring three points. I just saw today that there was a report that the Ravens defensive coordinator was upset with Zach Taylor for going for three. I guess three. we were just supposed to bend over and take it. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, but anyways, back on to the topic. Phillip Rivers, you guys see the name that I'm using right now. That is the only chance we have at winning this game. Phillip Rivers <laughs> turning the ball over, making sure that that coach offense that's depleted right now at the wide receivers with them missing Pittman and their other receiver out with the injury as well. That is literally the only chance that we have in this game. The other thing is a lot of people have talked about A.J. Green and stuff like that, but I actually learned last night after doing a crossover uh, with Kevin Bowen, who represents the Colts, it seems that T.Y. Hilton is also on that back nine. So having William Jackson the third on him is going to be key. Limiting this offense, causing some turnovers for Phillip Rivers, and making him try to stretch the field, because obviously right now it doesn't seem like he's really good at that. Um, that's the key to the game for the Bengals. Now, if Phillip Rivers is able to make some passes, which he did have a pretty good completion percentage to start the season, and if that defense that the Colts have is able to make plays, is able to get pressure on the Joe Burrow, then obviously 
seeing what we saw last week, that could be a recipe for the Colts to win this game. The one thing, though, that I was pleased to learn is that for some reason they do not blitz much. And I don't know how their defensive coordinator, given what just happened last week in Baltimore, would really go out there and say that they shouldn't blitz. I don't know why he would do that. If it were me, I would definitely blitz Joe Burrow. I could see them actually doing it if they haven't done it before. And this is also a defense that's good at getting turnovers. Obviously, the Ravens did the same, uh, but it's a different kind of turnover. They like to try to get interceptions and stuff like that. Um, so they're going to have to test this defense. This is a game last year that Joe Mixon had a good day against. And surprisingly, Darius Leonard, from what I'm hearing, hasn't looked like the Pro Bowl caliber Darius Leonard that we've seen in the past. But even with that, I know I took a lot of slack for saying that the Bengals were going to lose to the Jags. This is a good team. I mean, even though I feel like they're overrated, I don't feel like they're in the same elite class as some of the top teams in the NFL. They're still around the middle. And with that being said, I think that the Bengals are actually going to possibly lose this game. I think that it'll be close, but unless Phillip Rivers is, is going to throw three or four picks, I don't see the Bengals going in and winning this game. Um, so with that said, we got another super chat here from my man, Garrick Muse. $10. appreciate that. He says, Ravens fan here. I love this channel. I love you all. This is truly the Avengers of the AFC North when it comes to objective discussions. May this channel continue to prosper. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that for sure. Appreciate but that, with man. that being said, I will throw it to my man. Hold on. Looks like we got another one. William Coltrane. He's got a question here. So I'm going to ask this question and then we're going to go ahead and proceed with Quincy's uh, prediction in this game and his analysis. Uh, William Coltrane says, Quincy, how do you think the matchup Sunday will change if OBJ has not recovered from the illness? Pass game, outside run blocking, also four and one go Browns. Yeah, if OBJ is not going to be available, that's definitely going to be something that is going to be an issue just because um, I think those one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside, you can really take advantage of against Pittsburgh, especially if they're going to be aggressive. Um, so, yeah, you're going to want OBJ in there because I like OBJ one-on-one -on -one with any of them corners that Pittsburgh has, quite frankly, um, and especially if you're going to have them lined up on the same side as Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, I would. That would be a big part of the game plan for me. So yeah, he needs. If he can't play, that's going to be a issue for the Cleveland Browns. Um, what was what else was in there? Oh, outside running. Um, I think they're going to be fine with that. Rashard Higgins can block well. Um, they have some decent blockers at the wide receiver position. But yeah, thank you for the question, man. Thank you for the super chat, Willie. Now, my uh, thoughts on this game for the Bengals and Colts is that you mentioned that the Colts don't blitz much. They don't have to. They're very good with that front four, um, and I don't think they'll have to blitz against the Bengals because the Browns didn't have to blitz against the Bengals, and I think the Colts have a better defensive line than the than the Bang than the uh, Colts do. Um, so, well, no, no, I think the Colts have a better defensive line. My apologies than the Colt Browns do. Uh, so, I, I don't think they're going to have any issues there. I think the problem for Cincinnati is that they're not going to be able to run the ball. You know, if they if they stop Cleveland, I doubt that they're going to be able to run the ball with Fred the sled in there, um, you know, pulling. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest issue with them. And I think when since he can't run the ball, they're not going to be operating at their best level offensively. And when they're not operating at their best level offensively, they just don't have much of a chance to win. Unfortunately, now, Philip Rivers will give you opportunities. Um, Twenty five million for him sounded crazy when they did it um and it seems even more crazy when you look at cam newton making one million dollars for the patriots how did everybody let that happen i don't know sometimes twitter talks themselves into stupid stuff like this that's all i'm saying um and honestly at this point right if you're the coach wouldn't you rather have Jameis? because Jameis at least had them 30 touchdowns philip rivers might throw 30 interceptions and like 15 touchdowns so you you at least got the production with Jameis. you got a defense that can overcome those things but Nonetheless, you know, they made that mistake at the quarterback position. They might switch back to Jacoby Brissett, who might be a better option. I don't know. They got to figure something out because that interception that Phillip Rivers threw is still stuck in my mind. One of the worst interceptions I've ever seen a veteran quarterback throw in my like Peyton Manning threw some bad ones, but that's just because he's Peyton Manning. He'll do that. He'll throw some bad ones. But that was just like you saw it. You read it and you still threw it. Like, I, I don't know how you like that. that I don't know how Phillip Rivers survives like film review on that but anyways so yeah he can't throw himself he can't throw the Bengals into this game 
Will the Bengals be able to capitalize? I don't think so. I think this defense is real. I think their secondary is real. I think they're going to be able to get after Joe Burrow. I think they're going to be able to stop the run. Bengals fans, y'all know I'm not a Bengals hater. I, pe- <laughs> I errantly picked the Bengals to beat the Ravens last week. Um, I just don't think this is a game you guys can win. Um, just because even if you get those opportunities, I just don't know if you're going to be able to run the ball to the level that the Bengals need to run the ball at in order to have put Joe Burrow in the right position where he's not asked to do so much. And if you ask Joe Burrow to do a lot against this secondary, he's going to make a lot of mistakes and it's not going to be great for him. And I hope they don't because I, I would love his confidence not to start to get dragged down by the stretch of games he's going to go in. Definitely, for sure. So I appreciate you guys in the comments and stuff like that. But I'm going to take up for my co-host, Sonny. This is, there's no oh, AFC North man. Talk without him, man. There's no AFC North Talk without him. Um, this is this is the crew. This is how we ride, and he's a great analyst for sure, and he brought us all together. There would be no AFC North Talk without him. With that said, Sonny, my guy, give me your prediction on this game. Yo, I think this is going to be a game where if the, the Colts – are a good D line, right? That's 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 their bread and butter. Similar to the Eagles, as we were talking, that's that's where their defense lines up, which is sucks for the Bengals because the Bengals O line has not looked good. If the Colts can generate a pressure without blitzing, Bengals are done. If the Colts can stop the run without having to stock the box, Bengals are done. Those two things could happen, right? There's not an indictment on Joe Burrow. I think if there's some sort of a running game, I'm not saying Mixon has to go for over 100, 120 yards. If Mixon can just float into the 80s or 90 yards, right, that will open play action, and that will allow some of their receivers to produce some cushion or to have some one-on-one matchups and win those one-on-one matchups. I do think the Bengals receivers can win the one-on-one matchup, but with no time and no running game, that cannot happen. So saying that, Look, the key here is that on the Bengals' side, can they block for uh, for Mixon and can they produce a pass block for um, Burrow? On the other side, that defense played well against Baltimore. That defense had looked better. And where the Bengals are usually weaker, which is linebackers, the Colts are not a running team per se. The Colts are, let's see what Phillip Rivers can do, right? Let's see. And then Phillip Rivers somehow sometimes makes a play there, right? And this is how he makes 25 million because he will make a play here and there. But I think the Bengals can can counteract that, right? I think the Bengals can force River to make that mistake and that's where the game will pivot. I actually think I'm going to slight give the advantage to the Bengals because I think the Bengals got hammer slap in the face Last week, this is not in the. I'm not trying to to you know pound on the Bengals. I just think it was a wake up call. I was. I think the Bengals came, even though the the record wasn't a winning record. They should have come to Baltimore feeling good about themselves because they have played well. Last week, that wasn't their game. So this week, they can go and say, "Look, we we play well against Jacksonville. This team lost to Jacksonville. There's no way. There's." We cannot come defeated. We cannot say we don't have a chance. I do think they have a chance. I think this is a field goal game, and I'm going to slight give the advantage to the Bengals. I'm hoping the Bengals come with the right scheme to protect Burrow and to run the ball. And if that happens, I think that's where the edge will be to the Bengals if they cannot produce a good pass blocking or pass rushing, or I'm sorry, or run blocking, then it's not going to be a close game. So either the Bengals win by a slight margin or it's going to be, I don't know, like a 10 or 14 point game to the other side, to the Colts. Yeah, I think Sonny hit on something perfectly there is he talked about Joe Mixon and getting this offense running. Obviously, Joe Mixon is key to that offense and he had a good game against the Colts and he's going to be key for that happening. But if they can't let that happen, like he said, the Bengals are going to be in trouble. Um, so I think if they can do that, then they definitely have a shot there. But with that being said, let's toss it to my man Tony. Yeah, this is a this is a tough matchup for the Bengals because you know, like everyone's talked about, this about you know, you want this to be a bounce back, right? You, you want to find out what does Burrow have coming off of what was definitely his worst game as a pro. How can he bounce back? And it's just it's really tough that they, oh, by the way, your your bounce back game is going up against the best events in football right now. Um, and the team is frustrated. It's, you know, the right to be frustrated because they've lost a lot of games by one score. And then they, you know, they had such a bad game against a division rival in Baltimore. I think what's the problem is they're likely going to face the same adversity 
in this game in that they're going to face the same kind of pass rush. I mean, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, I don't know if Justin Houston's going to play in this game, but like, you know, they're, they're going to get, they're going to get a pass rush in this game. The Colts are. And then the other problem for the Bengals that they have offensively right now, look, we ranked this Bengals wide receiver core as one of the top in the division, right? Right there with Cleveland. In fact, there was an argument about whether or not they were one or two. The problem is what we're seeing right now out of that wide receiver core is not close to one because AJ Green doesn't look anything like who we thought AJ Green was going to be. And then John Ross, who we thought, hey, this guy was coming along at some points. Maybe he can be a nice outside threat for them. He's fallen out of favor completely with the coaches. He's been inactive since week two. Uh, so they have Tyler Boyd, and I like Tyler Boyd. We all, I mean, obviously Tyler Boyd is wide receiver one for them, but then you have a rookie on the other side with T. Higgins, um, and then you've got Auden Tate is your number three. And I think, you know, when you're looking at a wide receiver core that's Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Auden Tate, well, that's a far cry from what we thought this crew was going to be. And so when you're facing defenses as good as Indianapolis and they can take away the, your, your number one option, which is Tyler Boyd, and all of a sudden it's down to T. Higgins and Auden Tate and then Drew Sample at tight end to, to be your threats in the passing game, just makes things a little too easy for the defense, right? Um, and that's why I think Burrow is going to struggle again this week. Um, and then I look at the defensive side. I know we talk about Phillip Rivers, right? And yes, I agree. If Phillip Rivers goes out and plays like he did against this in the second half of that Cleveland game, well, then the Bengals are going to have a chance. The problem I have it though is DJ Reader is out for the year now. Or he's on IR. I don't know if he's out for the year, but he's on yeah, he's IR. Out for the year. He's out for the year. Yeah. Tough loss. Really tough loss for them because they've, they've already dealt with injuries to Mike Daniels and, and, and Geno Atkins all year, right? That defensive line has already had trouble. And DJ Reader was their best defensive lineman. I could easily see this game being more, much more about Jonathan Taylor, a young rookie who's getting more and more reps for them. And they're really trusting in him in that running game. I could see this being a game much more about Jonathan Taylor going off, much more so than, than Phillip Rivers having a bad game in that way. So, um, I like the Colts in this one. I probably like them, you know, by a lot, 10, 15 points, something like that. Uh, I just think the Colts are a better team right now. And, and it's unfortunate that the Bengals are coming off of this bad loss. They need to respond. And you know, it's just a bad matchup. Yeah, definitely. I think that Quincy hit on some points there. One thing uh, that actually came through today is there was a lot of talk about A.J. Green, obviously, in the Ravens game. There was some frustration on the sideline. There's been some things going on there. He actually spoke with the media today, said that he does want to remain a bingo, and he's simply just been frustrated with how the season has gone on. And I actually uh, – you know, had to do some research on the what's going on. I actually did some some film analysis last night looking at the plays. And honestly, it doesn't look like A.J. Green has lost a step. It just looks like Joe Burrow and him are not on the same page. You see a lot of passes that are being thrown past him, just just a lot of them not being on the same page. So I actually walked away from that optimistic looking at it and saying, hey, well, maybe these guys just don't have chemistry. Maybe they'll get it going. But obviously, A.J. saying that he's learning a new offense. He's still – knocking off some of that rust. So hopefully we can see it in this game, but with a Xavier Rhodes in that secondary, another tough matchup like Tony is saying. Um, but also kicking it over to some other NFL news outside of the AFC North, Le'Veon Bell is a free agent right now. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he still hasn't chosen where he's going. I think he's down to two final teams now. I think it's going to be either the Chiefs or the Dolphins. It looks like he eliminated the Bills from that. Some people thought that he could possibly go to the Steelers or the Ravens before it came out where his choices were at. What does that mean for the AFC, being that he could potentially join either the Dolphins or the Chiefs? Me personally, I think that the Chiefs would be just scary, right? Uh, because you're adding him to an offense with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You still have Edwards Hilaire there. But the other thing that you forget is this is a guy that when he was in Pittsburgh was able to line up at receiver. And this is a guy that's going to a guy like Andy Reid that's going to know exactly how to use him. And th the crazy thing is, is that him and Hilaire can essentially like share reps and stuff like that. So uh, very scary for me. I think Kansas City, if I'm in his position, if I want to win and go to an offense that's going to utilize my skill set, that's where I would go. Uh, but, Sonny, what are your thoughts on potentially where Le'Veon Bell will land um, with all of this madness going on with him being released by the Jets? I don't I See, the thing is with Bell, I think he is about the dough, which is fine. I, I, have, I have no beef with that. Um and if he's looking to make the next contract, I think he will be RB2 with KC. And with RB2 and KC, he will still have production, obviously, behind that great offense. But if he goes to Miami, and everybody loves Miami, and he kills it, right? Let's say he produces. And he doesn't have to be top rusher, but he produces well. onto a team that looks better than what a lot of people might thought. I love their draft this coming this year. And I think they're having a lot of building blocks. If he goes to Miami, he produces well, 
Now, next year is a free agent. I think he can ask and conduct for more money. If he goes to Kansas City, which is fine, it will be more like, yo, at this point, what I want is win, right? And, and I'm willing to take less money. And I don't know if that's Bell's MO. I, like, he hasn't shown me that before. Um, I think in Kansas City, he can be good, especially if you think about it. Uh, I said before that KC, when they were on the top, it was when Hunt was there, right? And the CEH came to be the hunt of that missing piece. Well, if CEH gets injured, their running back situation goes back to meh. Well, with Le'Veon Bell, you still have an elite runner, an elite catcher. And I think it will be, they only, not only they bring a great player, they also bring great depth. So. Yeah, definitely. So another uh, super chat in the comments from my man william coltrane miles garrett for defensive player of the year stillers hate week sorry tony yeah. uh, so you're not so really, william, not really william is that. not really sorry he's not really you don't say sorry on hate week for Real sure, quick for sure. Though, on uh Le'Veon bell go ahead Quincy. Uh, it's it's kind of obvious he's going to miami right like I, I think that's the obvious thing he's about to do here i mean this is where <laughs> he spent right, most right. of the time in pittsburgh right when in miami right. Um, you know, he just likes being there. Look, he spent two years in, in New York hating life, hating his coach and his coach hating him after they signed him to that contract. Um, if he really wanted to go into a position to where he would want to win or be put in the best position to win, he would have either went back to Pittsburgh where they know how to use him right or like to New England because Bill Belichick can probably get something out of him. Um, but He's between what Kansas City and Miami, and something just tells me he's probably just going to go with what's more comfortable. That's Miami. He already has a house there. You know, there's a ton of complications when it comes to moving during this whole situation. Yeah. Um, and he already owns a house in Miami, so if he has to be somewhere for a year, he's probably going to go to Miami. Um, now, is Le'Veon Bell going to make that big of an impact? Mm, eh, eh, you know, I don't know. I I really don't think it. I it think the needle. I, I don't think it moves the needle any more than when Leonard Fournette signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, you know, it was a, kind of a big deal, but it wasn't like, oh my God, look at Tampa Bay now. You know, it's just like this is a guy that, you know, the Jets thought weren't good enough to be on the roster, and the Jets might go 0 16 this year. I know that's a high take, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I just don't think Le'Veon Bell, like, is he going to be somebody who could produce for somebody? Yeah. Is he going to be somebody that's going to, like, keep you up at night because the Chiefs got him. I mean, come on now. It's not going to happen because they already got Patrick Mahomes. Like, everything you're worried about the Chiefs, they already got. Like, Le'Veon Bell is just like, you know, added candy. It's not really anything that's going to make them much more dangerous. They can only get so much more dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, here's, yeah here's, my, here's, here's where I come down on this one. Obviously, I watched Le'Veon Bell for a lot of years, and Steeler fans hate Le'Veon Bell. I, I started tweeting as soon as he got cut, please. Please, please bring him back. And of course, every Steeler fan's coming at me with, you're an idiot. You know, we don't want to leave Young back. He's terrible. He's trash. Yeah, get rid of him. All this, you know, it's like we just forgot what he did. And, and I get some of it is the way that he left the organization, right? He had that whole holdout where he lied to the team and, you know, made, oh, made it seem like so he was great. coming back. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he did. So. Mixed but things. here's the thing. So people talk about this like, oh, Le'Veon just wants the money, right? I've heard this. I had a, I actually did a, a Tuesday thing on Locked On Sewers where I, I argued with the guy on there about how I don't think Le'Veon wants the money anymore. I, this is not a move about Le'Veon wants the money. If Le'Veon wanted the money. Well, it's pretty easy. Just hanging out in New York. They gave you the most money anyone's going to give you, right? And you got and all your money there, by the way, is like tied up in these guarantees year after year. Okay, so just hang out there, do your thing, and get paid. He leaves because I think he hates the situation there. He hates Adam Gates. And by the way, Adam Gates has a terrible track record of having good players and getting the least out of them. But this is a guy who had Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Okay, now see what Ryan Tannehill's doing in Tennessee. He had Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker all of a sudden in Miami looks very good. And you know, the, the fact that he got Jarvis the least Landry. out of – Yeah, Jarvis Landry, <laughs> same thing. The fact that he got the least out of Le'Veon mm, Bell in New York shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Um, so – you know, where does he go now? Well, I think if he goes to my, it's an interesting for him because I thought he was going to take a one-year prove-it deal. And I thought the Steelers could actually afford to give it to him. But the Steelers are not interested in at this point. It seems like the Chiefs are. The Chiefs, I think, are the best destination for him. But I think the Chiefs are going to give him that one-year prove-it deal, right? Because the Chiefs are, hey, let's win the Super Bowl again. And then we're going to hand the, the reins over to, to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
And Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon are similar, right? They can they can get, catch the ball in the backfield right there. They're dynamic players with the ball in their hand. But Le'Veon, you can trust in more situations. Edwards Alaire is a rookie. Do you trust? Do they do they trust him fully in pass protection? Right? They trust him on the goal line. He's not good on the goal line right now, by the way. You can trust Le'Veon in every situation as a runner. Short yardage, third down, early downs, right? You can line him out wide. I mean, he does everything. So he's gonna be he'd be very good in that offense. I think Miami though is gonna come in and probably offer him a longer term deal because they have a, they have a ton of cap space. And they could probably give him a, a more sure bet right now, rather than him having to go to a one-year prove-it deal. Hey, I can get another similar deal. Maybe I'll just rather do that. And like like Quincy said, he loves Miami as a whole. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes. I think he's still got some left in the tank, but he'd have to go to a contender to prove it. He's going to Miami. They don't have a wide receiver, or they don't have a running back right now. Miles Gaskins, their best guy. He'll start right away. Um, but I don't know that he. I like like Quincy said. I don't know that he moves the needle to put Miami any closer to the playoffs than they are right now. No, I have to agree. And again, my guy, the trip won with a $2 donation. He says that he thinks that Le'Veon Bell goes to the Bears and becomes their bell cow, which is, I no, think, no, a no. joke See, there. I, my fantasy <laughs> team has David Montgomery, and I, I do not need Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I need my David Montgomery. The, the 12 points he ekes out for me every week nope. is what I need. Hey, real quick, I need to I need to do my uh, I hate Benny Snell rant uh, for the week because of fantasy football. Every time I see, I saw Benny Snell run the ball at the four yard line, about to score a touchdown. I was like, you better not. And then he fell down. I was like, yeah, that's what Benny <laughs> Snell does. Snell does not do anything productive. Yeah. You know, he got his job took from some dude from Rutgers or or Maryland that that, that sucked in the Big Ten. Like, come on now. Did He's everybody like, get Chase Claypool this week? Did everybody? Did everybody? Chase Claypool was on waivers in everyone's league this week. Did everyone get him? I got him. I did not get him, unfortunately. Mm. With everything going on, it's just been been kind of a whirlwind. I know it was different with waivers clearing this morning, so oh, that's I know true. that yeah. I know he that he game. was the hot guy on on that list. Yeah. But I think uh, just in in uh, in closing for the Le'Veon Bell situation, I think this is a guy that cares about the money. I mean, this is a guy that was willing to sit out an entire season. Um, that was on a team that was competing for potentially a Super Bowl or playoffs. And he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit this season out. And I think that the other thing with the Florida thing is me and Tony know no state taxes. So if they offer him a nice deal, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. If you want to win, you're going to go and sign with the Chiefs. If you want to go to Super Bowl, you want that. If you want to go to Miami, you want money. And and I think that that's what this guy is is saying right now. I think it's going to be a bad look for his image, especially with him sitting out that season. If he does sign with Miami, yeah, you're going to have fun, but you're not going to win. And, and for a guy that doesn't have a Super Bowl in his resume, uh, that kind of makes it look like you care about money more than winning at this point. But Tony did make some great points there. That's just my my view from it. But now we're into what you guys all came here for: the Browns and the Steelers. We're going to have to – I'm wondering how I should go with this. Let's start with Sonny first because we have to we have to leave Quincy and Tony for the end. To the so end. we'll see. I know. We'll see how that goes. So, yeah. Sonny, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm so thorn in this matchup, man. I'm like – I've been watching – I tried to dove in deep in the, in the stats. I've been actually watched too many games from the Browns this year and also from the Steelers. Uh, but, look, after – I, I I read so many stats, but I, I don't I don't want to bore you with stats. What I want is to think job. about this. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's Tony's <laughs> job. But what I, what I, what I was thinking as as I was just reading and diving into stats and and just going back to some of the games I watch is think about what the Steelers are doing good on offense. They just broke up, right? Broke before that the Steelers' offense was eh, but against the Eagles they had a, a hell of a game. And, and, and Claypool's coming out party. We, we spoke about that on Tuesday. Well, I think that is problematic for the Browns, obviously, because the Browns, even their best corner, right, Ward, which I like a lot, and against the Ravens, Ward is a perfect corner to put against a guy like Hollywood Brown or any, to be honest, pretty much any of our receivers. But if Claypool really comes out, and he's a rookie, so I, I don't know how dependable. This could be a great game, and then today, this week could be a coming-to-earth day. But Claypool is a very bad matchup to War because even if War plays him perfectly, perfectly, if Ben throws it in the right spot, Claypool can make that catch. I, this is just the – even with his jump, even with his speed – Claypool has the ability to box Ward out, right? Now, I'm not saying that is what determines this game. I think on offense for the Steelers, 
they should try to feed Claypool, right? And oh that God. should open, what and that is? should open Juju. I actually don't think, I actually don't think Claypool will have a great game. Wait, wait, I don't think Claypool will have that great of a game. I think Claypool will be the the. Ah, how do you say this word? You know, he will be the 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 like the guinea pig, oh, right? Man. For for then Juju to have a better game. Yeah, okay. thank you. So, saying that, saying that, I think what the Browns need to do is on the other side of that defense, need they need to pressure Ben, right? Because for Claypool to have a good chance, Ben needs some time, and we know the Browns can bring it. Now the Steelers have a good O line, but the Browns can bring it. So if the if the Steelers let Miles Garrett loose, then they had no chance. They had no chance because for Claypool to have some chance, they need some time. Now, if I flip it to the other side, I think what the Steelers need to do and the Browns, the Browns need to to bring the running game. If for some reason the Steelers are able to control that running game and and just hold the the running game to a pedestrian game, I don't think they can hold it to just nothing to a pedestrian game and force that. But a Browns offense to be more of a one-dimensional offense, then they have a shot because I don't think the Steelers secondary can control this Browns passing attack unless they make it one-dimensional and now they can just play in cue to the pass. Saying all this, because I don't want to take too much time because I want to have the time for Quincy and Tony to just debate this to the end. <laughs> I've been bouncing back and forth who's going to win this match. And I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns will generate just enough pressure, just enough pressure for Big Ben to not be as effective. And I don't like what I saw from the Steelers defense concerns me because I believe the Browns offense is way better than what Philly produced last week. So, I think it's going to be tight. I can see the Steelers winning this game. I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. I'm going to go and say who uh, the Browns by seven. But I can easily see the Steelers by seven. I think it's a matchup. It's just going to be tight. Is Whoever makes the mistake loses the game. Will Baker be clean? If Baker is clean, I, which is what I'm expecting, I think Browns by a touchdown. Sonny, you're, you're not wrong when – you have difficulty picking this game because these are two two solid teams. I think that the Browns are actually somewhat better, but I think what gives the edge somewhat to Pittsburgh too is the quarterback play. And when I was watching that Browns game, I was like, they're about to take off on the Colts. And the reason that they did not was because of Baker Mayfield. And I think it's because they kind of got away from the Dalton diet, the Andy Dalton diet, leaning on that run game, uh, you know, making responsible passes and stuff like that. And when you put it in a situation where Baker has to throw multiple times a game, and if this turns into a shootout, that's not good for the Browns. The only issue is, even though the Browns obviously are the number one rushing attack in the league, the issue is they lost Nick Chubb. Now, was last week just them going up against a good Colts defense? Sure, it probably was. They're one of the top defenses in the league. The issue is the Steelers are also decent at stopping the run as well. Uh, which if they force the Browns oh, to become a one-dimensional <laughs> offense, then it really hurts them because even though the Browns are one of the top offenses in the league, they are not uh, great when it comes to, to passing the ball. But this is the thing. The Steelers just proved last week against Carson Wentz and the an <sighs> Eagles offense that literally has, I don't even know the guy that you guys were talking about as a receiver, and this Browns team has weapons. They've got Jarvis Landry. They've got Odell Beckham Jr. They've got mm -hmm. Austin Hooper who made some plays. If they can play like they did in the first half of that game last week, this will be a good game. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game as well. I think some people looked at what was going on, and these are two good offenses. Obviously, we just saw what Chase Claypool was able to do. They've got Juju as well. I'm not sure which of those guys, and I think that it's probably going to be Claypool since he plays on the outside and Juju likes to play in the slot. Um Denzel Ward is probably going to be on Chase Claypool, but these guys have a lot of weapons. You talk about Deontay Johnson. I don't know what that practice report is looking like if he's, he's going to be back. And he's then good. you got McLeod. I mean, this is going to be a hell of a game. I think if you are watching this channel, this is going to be a game that you're going to be paying attention to for sure. I want to pick the Browns. I really want to pick the Browns. 
Baker Mayfield has me concerned about this game. But even with that said, I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns because I think that Miles Garrett is is uh, <laughs> going to be in for a big game this weekend. And I think that that Browns offensive line is going to be the X factor because the Steelers, mm-hmm. we said this coming into the season, they have the best defensive line in this in this division, right? But I think the Browns possibly have the best offensive line. And I'm going to take a cue from my man, Sonny, that says the game is one in the trenches. And if they can keep them off of Baker Mayfield, if they can open lanes for them to be able to run this ball, I think that the Browns could win. But I'm, I don't think that it's definitive that the Browns win this game. If Big Ben comes out and plays like he did last week on fire, I think the Steelers could win this game. This is for the division here. But right now, I can't go against the Browns with what they're doing right now and the streak that they've been on. Um, throughout this season. So with that said, let's turn it over to my man, Tony. Sorry about that. The Trib, shout out to the Trib tonight. I, my guy, Chase is the DK, and I think he's saying the DK Metcalf. Yep. Of the draft. He's here to stay. I would agree with that. I got the Browns winning close. Browns can run over, t- over the run on the 2000 Ravens, I guess, that defense. So there's uh, that big no, Ben. That's not. Big Garrett. <laughs> what? I don't know about nah, that. Nah, that's, nah, that's a nah, bit of a stretch. That was a stretch. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch there. A little bit that of a stretch. Nice. But with that said, I know Tony's not not yeah. liking that that we picked this, oh, I love this, it. this way. I love it. But because Tony, yeah. Tony, let us know what's what's going on. This is not, I mean, like, this is not just Browns versus Steelers, right? I mean, like, right. we've spent this entire offseason talking about how the Steelers, you know, everyone's telling the Ben is done, the Steeler team, you know, there's six and 10, right? Or they're not making the playoffs this year, right? This is a game, the AFC North against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I mean, everybody's cheering again. Everyone wants to see this Steeler team fail. I know, Sonny, it's true. It is true. Okay. So no, let, me, let me just uh, say something real quick. I think yeah. the, as a Ravens fan, I think a lot of Ravens fans will love if the Steelers come to Baltimore undefeated and they're the ones to give you your first loss. A lot of Steelers fans so, love that too. So but. I don't I don't I don't think that is necessarily to continue. Okay. Uh what I love about this game, what I love about this game and this matchup, right? Is like this is what I grew up on. Steelers Browns was the first rivalry that I like got attached to. I, in 1993 is when I first started watching football. The first game I can actually remember. First game I can remember if it's funny you guys bring up DK Metcalf because I really don't like his father, Eric Metcalf. Because uh, Eric Metcalf returned not one, but two punts for touchdowns in, like, the first game that I can remember. Uh, Steelers-Browns, 1993. In fact, he returned a punt for a touchdown like, two minutes to go in the game. The Browns win that game. The first the Browns were the first team I really hated. Um, so I'm glad now that here we are. I can't wait. I cannot wait for this matchup. Right? This is going to be a classic Steelers-Browns game between two good teams. Right? This is not like, you know, baby brother Browns trying to upset, you know, big brother Steelers. These are two legitimately good teams facing on Sunday, two contenders in the AFC, and the better team's going to win. I cannot wait. There's a lot of intangibles in this game, especially as a Steeler fan where you go, eh, like this is a bigger game for the Browns than it is for the Steelers. I think we can all agree on that. For the Browns, this is like they're, you know, we got to get over the hump, right? We got to get over the Steelers. For the Steelers, they're playing the Browns. Um, And one thing that's going to get said about this game, I mean, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is 23-2-1 against the Browns. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I get it. You're I get it. at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, look, that, that will all change on Sunday, obviously, if the Browns win this game. Now, the one matchup in this game that people talk about, which is always silly, but they're going to do it, which is TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett. Now, these two players will not be on the field at the same time at all in this game. For zero snaps, they will be on the field at the same time. But it is intriguing because they're both playing at defensive player of the year level, right? TJ Watt has, what, four and a half sacks through four games. And Garrett has five sacks through or six sacks through five games. I mean, they're they're both they're, they're, they both have like twenty pressures. Um, they're playing at insanely high levels. Uh, and I do think I do think that while it's it's silly to talk about T.J. Watt versus Miles Garrett, you can boil it down somewhat to that matchup. In that whatever team makes the biggest mistakes, whatever team turns the ball over more, I think that's it. I mean, these are two opportunistic defenses, and the team that makes the most mistakes in this game is probably going to lose. You don't have to look at the final score; just look at the turnover battle. Winner wins the game. I think you put it put it there. Um, I look at the when I look at the Browns offense and the Steelers defense. Look, this is the the Browns are a great running. Team. I mean, they, they are they're the best rushing team the Steelers will have faced this year. They're the best offensive line the Steelers will have faced this year. But let's not you know, let's give credit where their credit is due here. The Steelers defensive uh, unit has been very good against the run this year. Remember, they held Saquon Barkley to less than one yard per carry. Okay, they are they're actually the second best run defense in football right now. And in fact, if you go back to last week's game where my, it's, it would seemingly that Miles Sanders had this great game, 
He had 88, what, 80 yards on 11 carries, but he had 74-yard run. Now, I'm not going to take away the 74-yard run, but I will say this. His other 10 carries, he had six yards. That's another guy who eh, less than one yard per carry outside of one long one. Um, so the Steelers are going to get their the Steelers are going to have their hands full, certainly with this Browns team and this Browns rushing attack, but they may be ready for it. What they may not be ready for, though, is the discipline that it's going to take to not just stop the Browns rushing attack, but work off of that with the play action. And this is going to be a game all about whether or not Vince Williams and Devin Bush get their eyes, and Terrell Edmonds as well, get their eyes caught in the backfield, and then they and then Kevin Stefanski starts doing that play action that he likes. That this Steeler defense has has had some holes in it, no doubt about it, in the secondary. And if they start working that play action, and those and those guys get their eyes caught in the backfield, Baker Mayfield can have himself a big day. The other big key for this game to watch for is how often do the, do the Steelers feel comfortable staying in their base defense, meaning their base three four, and not in nickel. Their base three four defense is their best rush de, uh, uh, run defense. They, when Tyson Alu Alu is on the field. The Steelers are mm-hmm. averaging like one yard per carry given up. It's insane. Yeah, they're really good there. Yeah, they're great. But if they if they can't if they don't feel comfortable staying in base and they come to nickel, well then the Browns can have some success running the ball, and obviously it's all going to feed off of that. Um, so interesting things to watch there. And also remember, you know, with Baker Mayfield, right? This team wants to put the ball in Baker's hands, and we and we've seen some guys even like Jeff Driscoll have some success against the secondary. We even saw Carson Wentz do it last week. But but Carson Wentz did it all on third down, and these were some third and long situations. I don't think the Steelers, with, with how good they get pressure on quarterbacks, are going to have as much of a hard time getting off the field on third down as they are getting Baker Mayfield in this offense into those kind of third and long situations. This is a Browns offense that's built around getting you into third and short, third and manageable for Baker to easily convert and move the football. And this has been a, a very effective Browns offense. I think they've scored on their first possession, what, three out of the last four games. So they, they start hot, they start, uh, they start well, and the Steelers are going to have to limit that because this is a Steelers offense that does not start hot. They have not scored on their first. I think they scored, what, three points on their first possession possession this entire year. Um, and this whole Steeler offense can be boiled down to one player. That player is Miles Garrett, okay? Miles Garrett, fantastic player right now, and he eats Alejandro Villanueva alive. I mean, the left tackle for the Steelers has his hands full every time they're in this matchup. Villanueva gets killed. So that's going to mean the Steelers offensively are going to have to shift things around a little bit. They're going to have to play a tight end and probably chip him a little bit or just leave Connor in protection, not just for a, for a potential blitz, but to just make sure that – Villanueva has some cover there on the left side. That could leave them open to some blitzing that the Browns want to do. The Browns aren't a huge blitz team, but in this game, they may get some free rushers if Connor's eyes on Miles Garrett and not on the rusher coming through. Now, there's another way the Steelers can limit Garrett, though, and that is to use more of this jet motion that we've seen. That motion's been a big part of this offense this year. We saw them do that with Ray Ray McLeod, the big run that he had last week. Uh, actually, Claypool scored a touchdown off of it. If they can do some some of that motion, the jet sweep motion, and get Miles Garrett thinking about setting his edge in the run game and not so much about rushing the quarterback every play, that's a way the Steelers can have some success. But remember, the big problem for Miles Garrett is not going to be on first and second down. It's on those kind of third and seven, third and eight plays when there's no there's no end around coming. Right, Miles Garrett is is keying in on Ben Roethlisberger. That's going to be a problem. The Steelers have to solve it because he will because Miles Garrett can wreck this game for them. Um, but the the one thing I like for the Steelers, the one matchup I really like for the Steelers in this game is Ben Roethlisberger versus that defense. I talked about this on Tuesday, showed you guys a Ben Roethlisberger quick passing attack, diagnosed before the play and attack a defense where it's weak. This Browns team is weak in the middle of the field, and and the Steelers are very strong in the middle of the field. Ben Roethlisberger has 326 yards passing between 0 and 10 yards in the middle of the field, two touchdowns, 80% completion percentage in the middle of the field. That's where I expect the Steelers are going to have success. Remember I talked about let Ben cook? I am 100% let Ben cook in this game. Randy Feekner. Enough with the run, run pass. Enough with the we're going to establish the running game early. Let Ben Roethlisberger cook in this game. Don't be afraid of Miles Garrett. Let him do his thing. I expect Juju. I expect Deontay Johnson. I know you guys are high on Claypool. I don't know that I expect Claypool to have a big game. I expect actually Deontay Johnson might have a bigger stat sheet uh, than Chase Claypool should Deontay stay healthy. Um, but I, look, this is a this is a good game between two close teams. I'm not going to predict a Steelers blowout or anything. I know I said Steelers by 100. I was obviously joking. This is this is a field goal matchup. Vegas has this right. They have Steelers by three, three and a half. I think I'm right there with them. I think I'm Steelers by three. Two good teams, and I can't wait for it on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I also uh, forgot to leave or forgot to put in there that Baker Mayfield apparently is is nursing a rib injury. I'm sure that Quincy yeah. can can expound on that because it seemed like last week like. That may just be the Stefanski thing to kind of do when it comes to any kind of injury on there. But with that being said, my man, Quincy, what are your thoughts coming into this game? Yeah, so a big narrative coming into this game, and it's been a narrative for the Browns for like four straight weeks, is this is a test 
for the Cleveland Browns. I think even on this show, we've been like, well, this is going to be a test for the Browns offensive line against Washington or, you know, what's their character in that locker room when they play week two after getting blown out um, by the Ravens week three uh, when they played Dallas. Can they can they outscore a good offense? You know, week four, can they beat another good team? Can they beat another good defense? They have passed all those tests. Now I'm going to bring up some stats that I think are peculiar about some of the Steelers best players. We talk about TJ Watt, defensive player of the year candidate, legitimate, one of the best football players. One of the, I would say he's probably the best all-round defensive player in football, in my opinion. He can cover, he can tackle, he can run defend, he can pass rush. He can literally do it all. He's much like his brother, but a little bit more athletic. He's a really good player. We look at his production through three weeks. We see, you know, he played Cameron Fleming at right, because remember, TJ lines up on the right side. Cameron Fleming, Against the Giants, you know, he has a 60 PFF grade. Damar Dotson, 64 PFF grade. Titus Howard, 59 PFF grade. Dominated those guys. Absolutely dominated those guys. Week four versus Lane Johnson, a right tackle we've all heard of. 70 PFF grade for Lane Johnson. Uh, do you know that TJ Watt's PFF grade went from 90s all across the board to 60 for that yeah, game? Yeah, but you know, you know that they had him. Play, my, uh, he played friggin' middle linebacker at parts of this game. They played TJ Watt at middle linebacker for parts. It was a very bad game for TJ Watt when he when he lined up at middle linebacker. It was awful. Sure, I'm I don't know bad. what I'm, Keith Butler was doing. Sure, sure, I'm sure the Pittsburgh Steelers are just a poorly coached team, and that's why he didn't have a great game. This Defensively, uh, we got some questions. Look, I'm from Cleveland. I know poor coaching when I see it. Y'all ain't got it. Uh, Secondly, we talk about that run D. Now, that run D is good. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I do think they're vulnerable. However, (laughs) I think they're vulnerable because they haven't played a single good run offensive line this season. Like, every single one has been, like, in the 20s. Um, And the one time they played a team that could run the ball well in Philadelphia that has, like, a decent run FF. They gave up 16 carries, 94 yards, 5.9 out. Hey, it was one long touchdown run, but they also did give up two touchdowns on the ground. Everything else is fantastic. I mean, they have two games where they gave up like a yard per carry here. They're really good against some bad teams, and that's interesting. Now, here's why I say this. Everybody is saying the Cleveland Browns is being tested this week. The test is not for the Browns. This game, if the Browns lose it, they play a lot, a lot softer of a schedule than Pittsburgh. The Browns don't need this game as much as Pittsburgh does. The Browns fans need this game more than Pittsburgh, right, to feel like we can get over the hump and win in Pittsburgh. Like, it's more important to our fans than it is actually to the actual layout of the season because if Pittsburgh loses this game, then they play Baltimore at Baltimore. Then they play Tennessee at Tennessee, and now you're looking down the barrel of four and three. So I think it's actually a bigger game for the Steelers than the Browns. It's crazy as that sounds because of just how the schedule is going to lay out. Um, and I think Mike Tomlin is fully aware of that. This is a game he must win. you got to win this home game in this stretch. So that being said, we go in and we look at the actual game today. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have 300 yards, three touchdowns. That's We know that's going to happen. The Browns have not stopped a single quarterback this year. The question is, can Ben Roethlisberger, is Ben Roethlisberger going to play a clean game, and can the Browns force him to not play a clean game? Miles Garrett has like seven sacks, 11 pressures versus his, in like five games versus the Steelers. So he's been kind of a sure thing against Villanueva. Uh, it's just been an issue for him. Villanueva's long but kind of stiff. Miles can bend. That's just been an issue for him um, as long as – and actually it's funny – Villanueva's two best games against the Browns are the two games Miles Garrett hadn't played. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, can Miles Garrett get some pressure? Can he do that? Can you force Ben into mistakes? I think the bigger thing for the Cleveland Browns is going to be a play of Denzel, Terrence Mitchell, and Kevin Johnson on the inside. Kevin Johnson's a slot corner. Can he take away some of those juju drag routes? And can Terrence Mitchell and Denzel Ward take away the sidelines? Can they just get rid of those X receivers and force Ben to put a lot more of his passes in that middle of the field area? The reason that's important is because when you say let Ben cook, one of the things about letting Ben cook is those middle-of-the-field interceptions. If you look at Ben's career, he loves to throw middle-of-the-field interceptions. He's really good in middle-of-the-field sometimes. He can get those touchdowns. Obviously, he's Big Ben, and he's played at a plus 2018 level at this point. He's been really good. But if you can get him to throw in the middle of the field, yeah, you're going to get cooked for three touchdowns. Yeah, Andrew Sadeo is going to get burnt at some point in this game by Chase Claypool. I have no doubts about it. But 
you might be able to get one or two interceptions on him, and that's going to be the difference in this game. Now, if you look at the offense for the Cleveland Browns versus this defense, I think that their pass rush, I think the Steelers' pass rush is going to meet a pretty good match here because the Browns have really good tackles and they have really good blocking tight ends if those tackles can't hold them. Jack Conklin's probably going to be the best, well, is playing the best out of all the right tackles that T.J. Watt has played. I, now, maybe they're going to put T.J. at middle linebacker again, right? I don't know. They but better not. My goodness. That would be dumb. Um, <laughs> and, and with Bud Dupree and his matchup against Jedrick Wills, I feel fine about that. The Browns are really strong in an interior defensive line, and as pass blockers, they held up really well against the Forrest Buckner and that Colts interior. And I think the Colts interior has better personnel than Pittsburgh does. I understand Alualu's been good, um, Cam Hayward, and everybody else. I'm not disrespecting them. I just think the Colts have the best interior defensive line in all of football. Maybe Baltimore might get there if some of those inside players can play at the level that we're used to them playing at. But I think they have the best interior defense line. I think they already held up against that. So I think they'll be fine when it comes to passing the ball. Baker Mayfield, is he going to be able to stay turnover free? I don't know because I think he's going to have to attack the middle of the field. And that's where I worry about Baker Mayfield throwing those interceptions in the middle of the field. When he's on the sidelines, he's great. He's efficient. He's Baker Mayfield that we all know and love. But when he has to attack the middle of the field, that's when he can't see stuff. That's when people sneak up on him. And that's where he starts to make mistakes. You see those tip ball interceptions. All those things happen with Baker Mayfield. But I think he's going to have to attack him. I think the Browns match up well with Pittsburgh, quite honestly. I think Cleveland is a better team than Pittsburgh. Quite honestly, the fact they're coming into this game and the X factor is intimidation. Are the Browns going to be intimidated by Heinz Field yet again, as they've been intimidated for the last 20 years? Are they going to let Pittsburgh dominate them early and get all hyped up and be like, oh, it's the Steelers, we're the Browns, we can't do nothing? Are they going to do that? Yet again, I mean, there's been a lot of misery in Heinz Field. I did a video earlier this week where every time the Browns look like they're going to be decent, Heinz Field is where it dies. It died in 2003 in the playoffs. It died in 2007 um, because that's where we lost our chance at the playoffs because both teams ended up 10-6 and six that year. The Steelers got the tiebreaker because of Heinz Field. Um, and they clinched 0-16 at Heinz Field. Where better, right? Where better than Corey Coleman to drop a ball? to set up an easy field goal to, to guarantee own 16 versus what what's the guy he played in the XFL? Landry Jones Landry my boy it's oh my always God. been miserable in Heinz Field that's what the Browns are battling and I don't know if it's the team or mentally that they're battling or maybe they got some secret juice in Heinz Field that just makes it miserable for the Browns that's what they're battling if they come out here and they play a regular football game like they've played the last four weeks I think they should beat Pittsburgh. I think there's no reason they should lose. I think they're a better football team than Pittsburgh, and I think they match up well against Pittsburgh. If they come into this game and they're doing all the Cleveland stuff, and oh, you know, know, Jack Conklin's just letting TJ Watt eat his lunch for no reason, yeah, they're going to lose because that's what Pittsburgh does. But at this team, and I have more confidence than I've had in the last 20 years that this is a Browns team that can go into Pittsburgh and not just like, buckle underneath the pressure because this team is not better than you they are relying on you to be to be intimidated they are relying on baker mayfield to have a meltdown they are relying on this team not to show up and play like they did the last four weeks because they know they can't beat the browns if the browns come out there and play a good game they know they can't do it i know they can't do it i think the browns are a better football team honestly now that might come back to bite me it might not be true after this week who knows but through five weeks from what I've seen from the Browns, they're a better football team than Pittsburgh, and they match up well with Pittsburgh. Everything Pittsburgh does well, pass rush, the Browns are uniquely equipped to stop that. They are uniquely equipped to take advantage of what Pittsburgh doesn't do well. They have all these tight ends. The Browns can run 13 personnel, have all field, and take advantage of those poor coverage linebackers. They are uniquely a bad matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are they going to take advantage of it? Are they going to take advantage of it? Or are they just going to let Pittsburgh, you know, come in there and be, ooh, we're Pittsburgh, and then, you know, do the Browns thing and fold? I don't think that's this team's character, but I can't rule it out until I see it. Yeah. Right, but- right. So before before oh, yeah. we continue, we've got a couple Super Chats here. My man, Matty Bond, uh, $5. He says, yes, let Ben cook. Waffle House is hiring. After uh, Miles gets a hold of him, he's going to need a new job. Um, we've also got my man Joshua Hunter with the $10 donation. Thank you, Joshua, for that. Browns have more wins 
than all of the Steelers previous opponents combined. So thank you, Josh, for that one. And then we have set apart last says Brownstown, home of the dog pound. The other thing, we've got some breaking news. Le'Veon Bell actually likes um, winning. So it looks like he's appearing to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is official. And then, of course, my man, the Trib one says bail to the Chiefs. We got to do better NFL. This is pretty, pretty obvious. This is like the Warriors. The Chiefs are becoming the Warriors. But with that said, it sounds like Quincy Quincy and Tony have some closing remarks. So we're going to let them go and then we're going to end the show. Um, So, Tony, I'll let you say something and then Quincy. Or however you guys want to do. I think Tony. Yeah, yeah, no, Tony I, I, yeah, yeah I'll go let first. Tony talk. All right, we'll let Tony yeah, talk. Let's talk. Go. No, I mean, look, I, I agree with Quincy. If, if the Browns go out and play their best game, they absolutely can beat the Steelers. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't think that these. I don't think that like there's one. I don't think either of these teams are fake good, right? We talk about like, oh, you know, are you four zero? But who have you beaten? I again, I find that kind of analysis like who have you beaten? They can't. They can't have played anybody else, right? It's not like they lost the games to the good teams. They just haven't played anybody yet. I mean, you look at Tennessee, right? You could have looked at Tennessee going into that game against Buffalo the other night and said, well, who did Tennessee beat? They beat Denver, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. Eh, no good teams in there. Then they went out there and they killed Buffalo, right? So I find that, I mean, like I get it, right? The Steelers haven't played anybody. There's, I'm not trying to make excuses for it. They just have, they, they just couldn't have played anybody. So we'll see on Sunday. The other thing about uh, Quincy, we were talking about there. I'm actually, as a Steeler fan, I am much less worried about any sort of two tight end sets. And maybe I'll, maybe this is one of the, I might say it's wrong. And then all of a sudden it's 300 yards rushing for the, for the Browns. But I'm much less worried about the 12 personnel kind of thing that the two tight end sets um, and much more worried about re- three receiver sets that they run out of where the Steelers can't stay in base and they get out of it. And all of a sudden they're, they're trusting Mike Hilton off the edge, you know, to set the edge there. And they're doing like the, the TJ Watt and middle linebacker stuff that I'm actually more worried about than I am the two tight. I think the Steelers, if they keep, if they keep Alu Alu on the field, I think they should have some success against the run. It's the play action that I worry about. And you, you hit on it, right? This is going to be a game about we're doing that play action and then trying to catch whoever the Steelers have in a, uh, in a one-on-one matchup, whether it's Hayden or Nelson deep, you know, when should have had a deep throw last week that he missed Watson missed some, missed some deep throws. The Steelers have definitely had miscommunication in that secondary. That is where I think, you know, if, I, if I'm a Steeler, as a Steeler fan right now, where I'm worried about this defense is, is defending the run in nickel and then defending the deep ball off of play action. All right, Quincy, go ahead. Um, before we wrap this up, give your closing thoughts on this game. Yeah, if this team weren't named the Cleveland Browns, if this was the Baltimore Ravens with this exact same roster walking into Pittsburgh, people would be like, yeah, Baltimore should win this game. It's up to them to lose it. It's just it's the Cleveland Browns, right? And that's that's something that I'm not saying, oh, you just got to dismiss that. That's an actual factor. Cleveland Browns have stunk in Heinz Field since that building was built up, and they were terrible in Three Rivers when Three Rivers was a thing. So these are all things that do matter. I'm not trying to dismiss the Steelers or say that the Steelers are this bad team. I've amended that one from the beginning of the year. Big Ben's been much better than I thought he would ever be coming into this season. Um, And he's played well, and that's kind of held this team up. My thing is, I just think the Browns are a better team. I just think they should beat Pittsburgh. Home, road, they should beat this team if we're just talking about football. And this is the mm-hmm. closest we're going to get to just talking about football when this game is concerned because there's limited fans. It's not going to be the crazy raucous Hinesfield environment. The turf's not terrible anymore. You know, this is just going to be as close to it being a normal What's game. What's the weather, actually? What's the weather like? It's not going to be raining yeah. or anything, is it? It might be. I don't know. It's northeast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, 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 it's about if this is a football game and the both teams show up, I feel much more confident that the Cleveland Browns can pull out a victory here because I just think they're a better team. They should do it. Uh, They match up well enough. It's just with Cleveland, I've said this multiple times this year, it's a question of if they're going to do what they're supposed to do. That's not an ignorable question. One thing we should hit on real quick is injury situation going into this game because I know the Steelers had a big injury report yesterday. Looks like the only player for the Steelers that won't be able to go, and it's a big one, it's David DeCastro, their right guard, uh, all pro guard. Yeah, but Kevin Dotson, here's the funny thing. Kevin Dotson who stepped in. I love PFF grades for this reason. Kevin Dotson right now is the best Steelers offensive lineman, according to PFF. <laughs> 88 no. grade. Yes, 88 grade from PFF for Kevin Dotson. I'll, now, I'll Dotson like- has been good. He's been good. Has he been the best Steeler offensive lineman? No, but he's been served. That's why I also want to talk to you about, Tony, real quick, because I saw these PFF. Are you guys really that bad at run blocking? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because I was like, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington are your best run blockers? What is going on there? And that's because they're really good at blocking. 
Yeah, your offensive line was like 50s across the board. I'm like, they ain't going to run the ball on Browns because right, they ain't, right. ain't going to try it. Why would they try it? They're just going to throw there. Why would you Make get the ball let, any closer guys, to Miles Garrett? Three words. Right. Let Ben cook. All right. With that, with that being said, <laughs> this show is coming to an end. Uh, we're definitely excited for this matchup. But, uh, best of luck to both teams. Hopefully, I wish you guys tie so the Bengals could somehow get back into this thing. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Quincy, my man, let them know where people can find your stuff at. I'll probably be in jail if the Browns win this game on Sunday. Oh, um, imagine if they blow them out. If the Browns blow them out, my goodness, you need to live stream it. I need a live stream right after the game if the Browns, if the Browns blow them out. Oh boy, they've been asking for the last few weeks. I'm gonna have to give it to them. Um, but yeah, you can find me on youtube.com slash Quincy Carrier. Um, that's where you'll find me on YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at Quincy. Um, and you know, if you're a Browns fan or if you're a Stiller fan, you know, you want to troll me if you think it's gonna go the other way, follow me there. Sonny, let the people know where they can find your stuff at, my man. SCG Sports Everywhere, IG, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I tried to do IG Live's a halftime report for the game for the Ravens. Also, Tuesday and Thursday, you know where I am. I'm here from an undisclosed location in Europe. Now, nah, you, you guys know where I am. Uh, as Tony called me, the, the biggest Ravens UK fan or something like that. Yeah, Europe. of course. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. We have 200 people watching us. We appreciate all the love that you guys and support that you guys are giving us. So thank you. Don't forget to hit that like as we are finishing the stream. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Tony, let people know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Locked On Steelers. I was on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So if you want to hear me talk about uh, the Steelers game against the Eagles, I do that on Tuesday. We actually we actually hit on the Browns a little bit on that podcast. Then I was on Wednesday. If you want to hear me debate about why I think Le'Veon Bell would have made a great Steeler, even though he is now Kansas City Chiefs. So do that. You can also find me, of course, here Tuesday and Thursday. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Thank you to everyone who subscribed so far. Our numbers so far have been fantastic. So thank you to everyone who's watching. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for all of the super chats, all of the support. We truly appreciate it. We're going to be um, doing some things in the future here to take it up a little bit of a notch. And that's thanks to you guys and that support and those super chats. So um, the more that you guys keep those coming, not saying that we're begging for money, but the the better resources we'll be able to have and the more that we'll be able to grow the show. So we truly appreciate that, especially uh, from the fans. You know, just a few months ago, I told these fellas we only had 70 subscribers. Now we're over a thousand. Let's keep that going. Let's let's keep growing this as much as we can. Um, but with that said, I'm Ace Boogie. You can find my stuff on New Stripe City. You can also find me here on AFC North Talk. If you're watching this and you haven't subscribed yet, get your life together. Come on. You got it. You got to subscribe. I mean, are you not going to want to laugh at this? You, do you not want to see Tony and Quincy next Tuesday when this thing is going to be going off? Don't miss it. Make sure that you subscribe. Turn that notification bell on. And that way you're here for the AFC North Talk. But with that being said, this is the AFC North Talk. And you guys have a great night. Peace. Peace out.